Station. Stand up! Stand up! Stand up! Stand up! Friends, we can all listen to the sunny side of sports. Great show, bro. This is sunny side of sports. Right here on the Voice of America. Voice of America! Sporty greetings to all of our Voice of America listeners. This is VOA's Muck Bill Yabro. Sonny Young is taking a break and I'm filling in for him here in Washington. Welcome to the December 23rd edition of the Sunny Side of Sports. The world of football is getting back on schedule after the dramatic conclusion of this year's World Cup in Qatar on Sunday. Yesterday, Manchester City beat League Cup holders Liverpool 3-2. Defender Nathan Ake headed in what proved to be the winning goal in the 58th minute after Mo Salah had equalized one minute after Riyad Mahrez restored City's advantage early in the second half. Erling Haaland scored his 24th goal of the season in the competition to put City ahead in the 10th minute at Italy. Had Stadium, but Liverpool responded in the 20th when Fabio Carvalho knocked in a James Milner pass. It was another fast and furious game between the two rivals who took the Premier League title race to a dramatic conclusion last season, and once again it was City who finished on top. For Premier League fans around the world, action kicks off on Monday, Boxing Day. Among the matches online, Brentford takes on Tottenham. Aston Villa faces Liverpool and Arsenal battles West Ham United. Clubs in Africa are looking forward to next month's African Nation Cup Championships, known as the CHAN Tournament. The head coach of Uganda's national football team has summoned 36 players to prepare for the tournament next month. Milutin Stredjevic says he thinks the Cranes will compete well against strong teams in Group B. Reporter Magume Davis Rukaringi caught up with Stredjevic and files this report from Kampala, Uganda. Sporty greetings, Mugume. Sporty greetings to McBeal and our listeners. Uganda Cranes head coach, Mirutin Srodojevic, known as Micho, shouts instructions at players preparing at Gogo Stadium in Kampala before the team heads to Tunisia. They'll spend time there, adapt to the North African weather, Head with the Chan tournament in Algeria early next year. Goalkeeper Nafian Alionzo Legason, who plays for Uganda Revenue Authority Football Club, says the players are in good moods ahead of the championship, which starts on January 13th. What we're working for is just uh, to keep uh, the team together, and so far, so good. Everyone is bonding and uh, focused on uh, the, the mission. And uh, uh, we've heard that there's a camp that is not going to take place within the country, a foreign camp, a camp in the foreign place. And so that's all preparing towards uh, the target for the country and the coaches as, a, as players we have to implement. The target is to leave the group stages and to perform better than the previous uh, what campaigns. The tournament originally was set for June this year, but was postponed due to COVID-19. The Chan tournament is the African Cup of Nations version exclusively for home-based players. The Uganda Cranes have qualified for all time tournaments, which began in 2009, but have never gone beyond group stages. In Group B, Uganda will vie for the two top places against continental giants Senegal, Ivory Coast, and neighbors DR Congo, who have won the tournament twice. Coach Mitchell says he's well aware of the huge task ahead. We know that we are having hard opposition in front of us. However, we have a million reasons, uh, 50 million reasons in 50 million Ugandans to believe 
in ourselves to know that we represent the country and it is a responsibility that uh, we want to take the most uh, serious way to prepare ourselves to the deepest attention to detail to be theoretically aware about the weaknesses and strengths of the opponents. Uh, to be mentally extremely strong uh, with never say die, never give uh, uh, up approach uh, that is representing Uganda and Ugandans in the best possible way. We want to be physically fit to answer to international standards of uh, football. Peter Tabu, a sports journalist in Uganda, says it won't be an easy task for the cranes. But he says both the players and the coach will be motivated to prove their worth. You need to have the character to stand up against a Senegal, an Ivory Coast, a DRC, uh, for it to be different. So I think that's what Coach Mitchell is, is, is telling them. Of course, yes, without a doubt, all of these players training today here uh, know it that uh, they are one game away from uh, a multi-million dollar contract and a very, very good team. And uh, the only way you can get that contract is if you outdo yourself, if you perform very, very well. Mitchell says he thinks the young players here use the experience and call the senior national team and compete in future engagements. Chinese and development competition for us is more than development, it's practically a bridge towards important crucial matches against Tanzania, back-to-back matches in March. And we want to do our best in Chan so that uh, on the wings of confidence we anticipate Afghan qualifiers in March against uh, Tanzania home and away and in June uh, against Niger and Algeria. So when you look at everything, we just say uh, we believe in power of coaching, we believe in power of talent of our players, and we believe in support of 50 million of Ugandans that we shall succeed in our mission uh, to turn their dreams into reality. The Ara Congo won the first champ tournament, and the Morocco team is the defending champion. For the sunny side of sports, I am Mugume, Davis Rwakarinji Kampala, Uganda. Also on the continent, Cameroon goalkeeper Andre Onana has announced his retirement from international football. The news comes a month after he had a falling out with national coach Rigerbeck Song at the World Cup final. Inter Milan gloveman Onana did not give any specific reasons for his decision. Onana played in Cameroon's opening 1-0 loss to Switzerland and Qatar but was dropped from the next two matches after a reported disagreement with Song over tactics. The country's federation said at the time he was suspended for disciplinary reasons. In some sad news for England fans, 1966 World Cup winning right back George Cohen has died at the age of 83. His former club Fulham announced his death today. Cohen made his international debut in 1964 and went on to represent his country 37 times, playing a key role in England's only World Cup triumph when they beat West Germany 4-2. He spent his entire club career with Fulham, making 459 appearances for the West London side. Forbes has just released its annual list of the world's highest paid female athletes. The list features seven tennis stars with Naomi Osaka at the top for a third straight year. And newly retired Serena Williams comes in at the number two spot. Osaka and Williams are the only two women to make Forbes top 50 list of the world's highest paid athletes. Serena Williams also makes the list of the biggest sports moments of 2022. Williams retired from the sport this year after playing her final professional match in September. My VOA colleague looks back on the fan reaction as her storied career came to a close. Sporty greetings, Gwen!
Sporty greetings, Mokbill. In September, tennis great Serena Williams played her final match at the U.S. Open tournament in a thrilling three-round clash against Australian Isla Tomljanovic. Clocking in at three hours and five minutes, the match was the longest U.S. Open match of Serena Williams' career. The demand to see Serena drew a record-breaking crowd of nearly 30,000 to Arthur Ashe Stadium in New York, and throughout the Match, raucous fans inside the stadium were in Serena's corner for every point, but ultimately they could not lift Serena to one more win. And following her disappointing three-set loss, Serena gave a wave, a twirl, and an emotional farewell in what was the last singles match of her career. Fans who were gathered outside the stadium could be seen tearing up as the match ended. Some of those spectators spoke to Reuters News, like Tiffany. And Ava Wenderoff, the mother and daughter duo, traveled to New York from the U.S. state of South Carolina just to catch a glimpse of the tennis icon. And they expressed what many fans were also feeling: without Serena, the sport will never be the same. It's the end of an era. So I mean, tennis will never be the same without Serena. Despite dropping her first set against Tomljanovic, Serena forced the match to three sets and remained relentless until the very last point. That never surrender fighting spirit has defined Serena's electrifying career for over two decades. And fans Jimmy Laguerre, Pat Carliglio, and Miles Stern said. Her talent is unmatched. She's the goat. She's the goat. I think、uh, no one really will ever rival Alexi. I think what she has accomplished is unparalleled in the sports, women or men. We're so proud of her. But I think a lot of people loved her in the beginning too. She was a young teenager, and people fell in love with her and stayed in love with her. She's a true champion. Well, it's really sad because. Nobody's ever gonna match her talent, and in, in my opinion, she was the greatest. She was even upon the greatest. With, if like she's top five, any of women and men, she's that good. Over 2,000 miles from New York, tennis fans gathered to celebrate Serena Williams' legacy in South Central Los Angeles, where resident Abigail Feitzer found it hard to put into words the impact Serena has had on the sport. Oh my God,、uh, you can't even state what she gave to this sport. I mean, she uplifted all the women.、Um, she made it, you know, a talk not just about you know who could be the greatest female athlete, but literally who could be the greatest athlete. So, I think it's an amazing influence, and she really brought everybody.、Um, Up to a higher level. Seventy-nine-year-old Cliff Barrams reflected on both Serena and her older sister Venus from the sidelines of the very tennis court the sisters trained on as kids. They have, I guess, shown that you can come from humble beginnings and, and make a good life for yourself. And if you dedicate yourself to doing what you love doing and what you have talent in, it pays off in the long run. So,、uh, I'm proud of them for that.
In her farewell speech, Serena thanked her older sister, saying, I wouldn't be Serena if there wasn't Venus. She is the only reason that Serena Williams ever existed. Serena reiterated her decision to evolve away from tennis after her final match, but she seemed to leave the door slightly cracked when probed by ESPN's Mary Jo Fernandez on whether she would reconsider walking away from the sport. Serena said, I don't think so, but... You never know. And according to Los Angeles tennis instructor and fan Nelson Montgomery Patib, Serena Williams will be back. I have this belief that she'd try for the one more that she needs to break the record. That's just me. Well, for now, Serena has left the sport with the most singles tennis matches ever won at the U.S. Open tournament and more Grand Slam singles titles than any player in the Open era. And she has left her imprint as one of the greatest athletes to ever grace the sport. And that is all from me, Milkbill. Back over to you. On VOA Africa Radio, we let the sound tell you the story. News, sports, science and entertainment. Available to you 24-7. Tune in on your local FM stations. We are also available on the medium waves 909 kHz and 1530 kHz. Our short waves are 6080, 15580, 4930, 15165, 15580, and 17530 kHz. VOA Africa, your trusted source for news and information. You're listening to the sunny side of sports on VOA. I'm Muck Bill Yabro, and I'm filling in for Sonny Young this week. Here's a reminder, you can catch all your favorite VOA programs on VOAAfrica.com. The NBA aims to build on the sports popularity on the continent. Recently, VOA's Mariama Diallo sat down with Victor Williams, Chief Executive Officer of NBA Africa, to hear about the plans. Well, I am just thrilled to have you here to have sports. I am a lover of sports, and in the middle of all these things that is happening, uh, to have you guys be here is just an amazing thing because it's a huge part of the African uh, lives. Yep. So I just watched you announce some deals, so yep. wanted to hear about it. Uh, what did you announce yep. and the significance of it? So um, we, uh, first of all, excited to be here. Uh, I agree that it is important for sports to be represented. Sports is one of those areas where Africa is world-class. Uh, and has world-class talent and I think at the NBA we're excited to uh, help grow the bas- game of basketball on the continent but we're also uh, really interested in the opportunity for sport to be a driver of economic growth and, uh, and development as well as for sport to be a vehicle for social impact um, and so those are uh, some of the motivations that we have as we grow our activities in Africa. And so you had uh, you have an office, you already opened something in Senegal, and the announcement today has to do with doing something else in another country. Mm-hmm. So would you... Yes, yeah, so we have, um, we've had an office in Johannesburg for uh, more than a decade. Uh, we opened an office in Senegal about four years ago. Uh, earlier this year, we opened an office in Lagos, Nigeria. 
and uh, we just announced that in 2023 we'll be opening an office in Cairo, Egypt. Uh, and this speaks to our commitment to grow our footprint on the continent and to use those offices as springboards to get closer to African fans uh, and to help strengthen the basketball ecosystem in those particular countries and regions. Each of those countries to us represents significant basketball and commercial opportunities. Well, and the competition is usually soccer. Well, I think many people, first of all, are sports fans, and so... Uh, we're always uh, excited about the continent doing well. We are intent on continuing to grow the game of basketball and exposing more African youth at an early age to the game, giving them an opportunity to learn the game, play the game, love the game. And our ambition is that one day African kids will be just as likely to bounce and shoot a basketball as they are to kick a soccer ball. That's well said. Last question. I just want to ask about how does it, how does tra sport translate to the next level? You know, you talk about poverty, you talk about economic opportunity, you talk about so many things that the youth is dealing with, uh, not just in Africa, all over the place. So, can you touch on that? Yeah, I mean, and, and I think the ability to address so many issues is one of the reasons why we've invested in starting the Basketball Africa League, which is the first time. Uh, the NBA has done a professional league outside of uh, North America. So uh, the Basketball Africa League is a league we started for the top 12 African clubs, uh, and we just announced that we'll be playing our third season in uh, Dakar, Cairo, and Kigali. What the Basketball Africa League allows us to do in addressing some of these uh, um, issues is, first of all, it gives African youth something to aspire to and to pursue a professional career on the continent without having to leave and go somewhere else. That was Victor Williams, the CEO of NBA Africa. He spoke with my colleague Mariama Diallo last week here in Washington. Staying on the basketball court in last night's NBA action, CJ McCollum scored a season high 40 points and the New Orleans Pelicans beat the San Antonio Spurs 126 to 117 to end their four game losing streak. Jonas Valanciunas had 16 points for the Pelicans who won even though Zion Williamson was scratched from the lineup because of a health and safety protocol. Jeremy Sokin scored a career-high 23 points for San Antonio. Trey Jones added 19 points, and Josh Richardson had 14. Malik Beasley scored 25 points, and Jordan Clarkson added another 23 to power the Utah Jazz past the Washington Wizards. Laurie McCannon had 21 points, and Colin Sexton finished with 18, even though he played just 17 minutes because he's still recovering from that hamstring injury. Bradley Beal scored 30 points, and Kyle Kuzma added 21, but the Wizards lost for the 14th time in their last 16 games. And now, Samson O'Malley has a wrap of African sports news. News this week. Sporty greetings, Samson. Sporty Friday greetings to you, Mark Bill. We begin the highlights of the latest Africa sports for this week with the latest ranking from world governing body FIFA. As expected, Morocco moved from the 22nd position to become the 11th best football team in the world, according to the FIFA ranking released on Thursday. The ranking shows Morocco moving 11 places up to 11th in the world, ahead of countries like Switzerland, the United States, Germany, Mexico, and Uruguay, with a 100 
Rotterdam 8.85 score, Morocco is also the best team in Africa. The ranking recognizes Morocco's uplifting and brilliant performances during the 2022 World Cup in Qatar when they made history after qualifying for the semi-finals. The qualification made Morocco the first African and Arab country to make it so far in World Cup history. In the meantime, the Confederation of African Football President Patrice Musepe believes a team from the continent can reach the 2026 World Cup final. The Qatar Soccer World Cup was a watershed moment for the Confederation of African Football after Morocco became the first African nation to progress to the semi-finals in the history of the competition, further emphasizing the possibility of an African country lifting the coveted trophy one day. But for that to happen though, CAF President Dr. Musepe believes more remains to be done to keep African players on the continent instead of having them emigrate to Europe. I feel proud to see players from the continent playing all over the world and doing well. Of course, we'd much rather have them play for our national teams. And, and that's one of the main reasons for the African Super League. We want to keep the brightest, most talented, most gifted African players in Africa, playing for their nations, playing for the clubs. But we've got to pay them well. We've got to compete. And... Uh, uh, and, and, and that's why uh, we are raising, uh, getting sponsors, partners, investors to, to make sure that we can really pay our players, our coaches and those who are involved in, in, in African football, pay them very, very well. Staying with football news, former Chelsea of England manager Avam Grant has been appointed as the new boss of the Zambia national team. Since leaving English soccer in 2011, Grant has managed Partizan Belgrade, Ghana, an Indian Super League outfit, not East United. Working as Zambia manager will be Grant's third stint in international soccer. Grant's first game with Zambia will be a home match against Lesotho in March in the group stage of AFCON qualifying. After signing a two-year contract, the 67-year-old said at a press conference in Lusaka on Thursday that coaching Zambia was the right challenge and the right decision he is taking in recent time. I think uh, Zambia has the potential. We set the targets, what we want to achieve. And uh, I want to thank for the president, Andrew, and the committee that they chose me and gave me the opportunity to share my experience and try to take the, not try to take the Zambian football forward, which I think Zambia deserves it. And on to athletics. Former Olympic Games 5000 meters gold medalist Vivian Chariot is optimistic she will perform well next year upon her return from maternity leave. The double world 5000 meters champion says she is working hard on cutting her weight after maternity leave and she is ready to swing back into action next year. The double world 10,000 meters champion won her first Olympic gold at the 2016 Olympic Games in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil, before switching to the marathon. She made her debut in the marathon in London in 2017. And on to volleyball news. The 2022 Zone 5 Senior Men and Women Beach Volleyball Tournament, which got underway in Bujumbura, Burundi, on Wednesday, is expected to be concluded on Saturday. It is the first time since 2019 the tournament is being held due to COVID-19 interruptions. The men's tournament has attracted teams from four countries, Uganda, Burundi, Kenya, and Egypt. While in the women's category, Burundi has the highest representation with four teams. There are two teams from Egypt, while Kenya and Uganda are each represented by one team. 
Moses Mbutia is the chairman of the Kenya Beach Soccer Volleyball Commission. He says Kenya will take their chances against Rwanda, Tanzania and Burundi. We have always been optimistic but we cannot underrate the Rwandese, we cannot underrate the Tanzanians are coming up very well and of course the Ugandans because they have a very nice beach along uh, the Entebbe and so our plan is as open as uh, one would think of but uh, we are going there with a lot of confidence one because uh, we met these teams in uh, Rabat that is in Morocco and some of them we were able to beat them. And now to motorsports. The race for the Uganda National Sprint Championship title resumes on Boxing Day, December 26th, when drivers converge at the Uganda Motorsport Arena in Busika to compete in the last sprint of the season. 25 drivers have so far confirmed participation in the season-ending championship. The Boxing Day event will also feature motocross and cutting competitions. Renault Kibira is the vice president of the Federation of Motorsports in Uganda. This is a unique track that is going to be uh, a combination of uh, gravel and asphalt. It is the first time our drivers are going to be driving on asphalt, um, which is locally called chorus. Or, um, yeah, it's locally called chorus. And um, it requires a different type of preparation for the driver, different type of skills. It is going to be testing the driver's skills because um, the, gravel, the gravel track slightly tight and uh, uh, the drivers will need to, to employ a different type of um, uh, of tires staying with east africa the 12th eastern africa university games was concluded this week with the host university in dj university scooping the overall title with a total of 124 medals 59 gold 39 silver and 26 bronze Makerere University finished second overall with 68 medals, 21 gold, 20 silver and 27 bronze. While Nakawa-based Makerere University Business School finished third overall with 40 medals in total, 15 gold, 6 silver and 19 bronze, placing third overall. The Games had over 3,000 participants and officials from over 60 universities from the East Africa region including the Democratic Republic of Congo, the new entrants. And now to West Africa. The Accra 2023 Organizing Committee has urged citizens to support its qualification to podium initiative in an attempt to contribute to the Africa Union's Agenda 2063, the Africa We Want Plan. The AU's aim is to transform Africa into a global powerhouse by prioritizing all-inclusive social, economic, and democratic development, with sports being one of the key factors involved. The upcoming African Games, scheduled to run from August the 4th, to the 19th, 2023, in the Ghanaian capital, is hoped to be a crucial chance to further the country's sporting potential. The president of the Ghana Boxing Authority, Mr. Abraham Kote, believes the 2023 African Games is a perfect opportunity for investment for the country's sports infrastructure, especially boxing. Olympic, we are the only person. You go to Commonwealth, we did it the same. Boxing have taken Ghana to the world map. And we are doing it all the time. We have the chance to travel with the other disciplines. We always come out making Ghana proud. All we are calling is support. American basketball star Brittany Griner is asking for support for Paul Whelan, a fellow American imprisoned in Russia. Donna Warder with the Associated Press reports. WNBA star and former Russian prisoner Brittany Griner is asking supporters to advocate for another American who's still being held in Russia. 
In a social media post, Griner says advocacy for her release and letters of support made a big impact, and she's asking supporters to do the same for former U.S. Marine Paul Whelan, who's serving a 16-year prison term in Russia for espionage charges the United States says are baseless. Whelan was arrested four years ago. The U.S. had attempted to secure the release of both Griner and Whelan, but Russia agreed to swap only Griner for convicted arms dealer Victor Boot. Griner writes, I hope you'll join me in writing to Paul Whelan and continuing to advocate for other Americans to be rescued and returned to their families. I'm Donna Warder. And that's a wrap for the December 23rd edition of the show. Thank you for tuning in. I'm VOA's Muckbill Yavaro in Washington, filling in for Sonny Young, who will be back on Monday. And that's the sunny side of sports. Maxwell, host of Music Time in Africa. Join me every Saturday and Sunday for an hour of awesome African music. Like to stay on top of new music trends? Breakout artists? New releases? Maybe you just love the classic styles and artists of the past. Or simply the sound and feel of a good beat. Whatever your pleasure, you can get it every week right here on Music Time in Africa. So join me on your local FM station, Saturdays and Sundays at 1500 and 2000 UTC. VOA brings you the best in African music on the African beat. African Beat showcases the latest and the greatest of contemporary African music. From bobo music to hip life, bonga flavor to sukus, afrobeat to ndombolo and makosa to kwaito. The African Beat on VOA has it all. And it's happening right here, Mondays through Fridays at 0905 and